Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you and uh, we thank you. We thank you for this day which you've given to us. Uh, We thank you for your birth in which we receive your hope and your peace and your joy and every fruit of the Spirit that is promised to us. Uh, Lord, you have given us fullness in Christ. Lord, today we lack nothing in you. I pray that you would help us to trust this reality today, and I pray that you would help us to live in this reality today, Uh, because, Lord, it's it's so hard uh, to live with with hope and with peace and with joy in in our hearts, because the circumstances of life are so difficult. And, Lord, that reality is even shown to us in the narrative of Jesus's birth. And today, on this Sunday, we, we look at some of the more difficult realities of Jesus's birth. And uh, it it teaches us, Lord, that uh, that yes, everything promised to us in Jesus is given to us now, but but it's not yet. So we live in this now not yet reality of faith in Christ. So strengthen our hearts and strengthen our minds. Strengthen us, Lord Jesus, in every way through your word today. Amen. Today we go to uh, Matthew chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2, beginning with verse 13. We continue the narrative of Jesus' birth. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. And the angel said this, rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod, the king, is about to search for the child to destroy him. So from the moment of Jesus' birth, there is somebody there trying to destroy, to kill Jesus. Verse 14, and he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt, I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and all that region who were two years old and under, according to the time that had been ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. And when he heard that Achilles was reigning over Judea in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned in a dream... He withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The birth of of our Savior is full of gritty reality. I don't know if you noticed that. It's full of gritty reality. Um, The birth of Jesus actually shows the now 
not yet reality of living in Christ. Some of you have probably heard of this this theological idea of now, not yet. That's what we're living today. We're living today now, not yet. The now, not yet reality of living in Christ. What do I mean? Well, I mean this in Christ, you, you now possess everything. You possess everything that you need as a Christian now. However, everything you possess in Christ is not fully realized in your life right now. This is the idea of the now, not yet. To explain, consider the conception of a child. I'm told that when a human is conceived, every bit of DNA information is given to that child which will determine what the child will look like, you know, the, the color of the hair, the color of the skin, color of the eyes, the height, even uh, predispositions towards certain diseases, or even uh, of certain aptitudes. You see, the genetic stuff is there once, once the child is conceived, everything is there, And if the child is cared for and nourished and taken care of, then then the child will grow. And all that genetic information will become realized one day. But the moment the child is conceived, it's not all there yet. We believe that once the child is conceived, yes, it's a person, it's a a human being, and that... that, uh, That child conceived in the womb has every right that you and I have. But the child isn't yet fully realized. You too have been born again. Every promise of God is given to you in Jesus Christ now, yet it is not yet fully realized. And it will not be fully realized until you enter into glory, until the new heaven and the new earth come, until the resurrection of all flesh comes about, then it's fully realized. So Jesus' birth actually helps us understand the now not yet the, the now not yet reality of living in Christ. On the first Christmas night the angels appeared to the shepherds who were keeping their flocks by night. And they said, Fear not, for behold I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly the angels appear. You know the story. A multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. So we see that the, the, the joy of Christmas depicted in Luke's account. And, and today the nativity is depicted with joy and happiness. Think of the Sunday school kids telling us the story. How many times have you watched the Sunday school kids come up and depict the story of Jesus? When they tell the story, it fills us with joy and happiness, doesn't it? And it should. It should. Because the birth of Jesus Christ is the 
one of the most joyous and happy things that has been done for us by God. God becomes flesh in the person of Jesus Christ and we all ought to, to be filled with joy and happiness. But, but when the story is told, oftentimes they leave out the, or, the, or they gloss over the, the painful realities of Jesus' birth. Think of it. Mary's pregnant. And uh, she's only engaged. She's not married yet. What do you think Mary's parents thought of that? What do you think uh, the neighbors thought of that? What did Joseph think of that? Joseph said, you know, I know where babies come from, and I know I'm not the father of that baby. So oftentimes we, we sort of gloss over the, the difficult and hard realities of the birth of Jesus Christ and of what Mary had to go through socially as a result of the conception of God in her womb. So when we, when we tell the story, we, we leave out that stuff, and it's probably not appropriate for kids, you know, anyway, the painful realities of Jesus' birth. And, and one thing that they always leave out of the story of the birth of Jesus is the red dragon. Is the red dragon. Do you know there was a dragon there, too, at the nativity scene? <laughs> Revelation 12 which is a picture of Jesus' birth, but it also encapsulates sort of our cosmic struggle with Satan as believers. Revelation 12. If you want to look there in your Bible, it's pretty striking. Revelation 12. And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. She was pregnant. She was pregnant and was crying out, crying out in birth pains, in the agony of giving birth, and another sign appeared in heaven, behold, a great red dragon. You never see the red dragon in the nativity scene. Um, I don't think any of you have a nativity scene at home with a red dragon, do you? No, you don't. And a great red dragon and seven heads and ten horns, and, his, and on his head seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars from heaven and cast them to the earth. And listen to this, and the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth. The dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. That he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. In Revelation, we, uh, the context of Revelation, we know this child born is Jesus. But her child was caught up to God, taken to the right hand of God the Father Almighty to his throne, and the woman fled into the wilderness where, she, was, where uh, she has a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. So this, this apocalyptic scene in Revelation 12 sort of opens up uh, the heavenly perspective of what's going on here with the birth of Jesus Christ. There, there is warfare taking place at the birth of Jesus. And then Revelation 12 is actually told to us in concrete historical prose in Matthew chapter 2. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. 
He arose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. And that was to fulfill actually what the prophet had spoken, that out of Egypt I have called my son. So the narrative of Jesus' birth paints the now, not yet, reality of life in Christ. Jesus is God in human flesh. The, the, the full promise of a Messiah is fulfilled in Jesus. But we see even in the life of Jesus that it not yet is fully realized. And not yet is fully realized. Uh, so brothers and sisters in Christ, you are now living in the fulfilled promise of Jesus Messiah. Every promise given in Jesus is yours now. However, it's not yet fully completed. Now you have Jesus. Did you know that you have the promise of the forgiveness of sins? That those who believe in Jesus have the promise of forgiveness? You are forgiven. You have the promise of resurrection. Did you know that, that all of us share in Christ's resurrection? You are resurrected now. But when you got up this morning, you might have felt some aches and pains. The resurrection is yours now, but it's not yet fully realized. And you've been given a new heaven and a new earth, but we haven't entered into that new heaven and the new earth yet, have we? Now you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone, the new has come. Now you are filled with Christ. You lack nothing through faith alone in Christ. You can't do anything to, to make your position in Christ any better than it already is. You have it all in Christ. But we don't feel this way, do we? We're always looking for ways to improve upon our spiritual standings. We don't experience fullness in Christ, even though we have been given fullness in Christ. So that which we've been given, we don't fully realize. We don't experience it in our lives. Moreover, the peace and joy that was promised at Jesus' coming seems so elusive. Christmas, it's a message of peace. It's a message of joy. But peace and joy are so elusive. Christians suffer. You suffer anxiety, depression, disease. Did you know that Christians suffer with addiction? Some of my best Christian friends are drug addicts and alcoholics. Christians suffer with poverty. Christians suffer violence. Christians suffer natural disasters. Natural disaster hits. The Christians aren't exempt from that. Christians suffer demonic attacks. You see, we're living in the now, but not yet. Not yet. We have it all now, but not yet. This is the now, not yet reality of living in Christ Paul puts it this way, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And he says, I don't, I don't know. He says, I'm torn between the two. He says, I desire to, de to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. 
He says it's better actually to be in heaven with Jesus than to be here. But he says it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Some of us feel that way, don't we? Paul had all that he needed in Jesus while he was living in his earthly body, yet he longed for the not yet. He longed for that which was to come. To be a Christian is to live within this now, not yet reality. So how do we live in the now? We live in the now trusting in Christ, trusting in him alone. He gives joy and he gives peace in the now. Did you know that for the Christian, our joy and peace now is not grounded in our now circumstances? The circumstances of life are hard. You're hard-pressed with all sorts of problems. Your joy and peace are not found. They are not found in the reality of what this now world offers. Man, if you're, if you're trusting in the joy and the peace of what this now world gives, you're setting yourself up for massive disappointment. Massive disappointment. Our joy and our peace are grounded in the reality of what Jesus has promised. A new heaven and a new earth awaits us. Our joy and our peace aren't found in the empty promises, in the empty and broken dreams of what this world offers. Our joy and our peace are found in Jesus. So if your peace and your joy is predicated upon the now world that we're living in right now. It's going to be so elusive and so difficult for you. When times are tough in the now, look to the promise of the not yet in Jesus. I'll say it again. When times are tough in the now, look to the promise of the not yet in Jesus. That's where joy and peace are found. I believe that some country music songwriters know this reality better than, than any theologian. I'm a country music star. Or I'm not a country music star, did I just say that? <laughs> Maybe I, I'm kind of bringing out what I wish I was. I wish I was a country music star. No, I'm not. I'm a country music fan. <laughs> One of my uh, favorite country music songs is Will the Circle Be Unbroken? Have you heard that? Will the Circle Be Unbroken? The Carter family wrote this one probably way back in the 20s or 30s. Listen to these words, and, and, and this family understands the now not yet reality of living today. Write this, I was standing by my window one cold and cloudy day when I saw that hearse come rolling to carry my mother away. I said to that undertaker, undertaker, please drive slow for this lady you are carrying. Lord, I hate to see her go. Oh, I followed close behind her, tried to hold up and be brave, but I could not hide my sorrow when they laid her in the grave. I went back home. My home was lonesome. Missed my mother. She was gone. All my brothers, sisters crying. What a home so sad and lone. But listen to this. We sang the songs of childhood. Hymns of faith that made us strong. Ones that Mother Maybell taught us. 
hear the angels sing along? Will the circle be unbroken? By and by, Lord, by and by, there is a better home awaiting in the sky, Lord, in the sky. My friends, that is the now not yet reality of living in Jesus. The angels on Christmas night, they were 100% correct. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those whom he has pleased. But the reality of now didn't go away at Jesus' birth. You see, filled with satanic rage, Herod was about to kill Jesus. Herod's demonic anger was unleashed upon all the little boys of Bethlehem. Weeping in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. That's the reality of now. Then when the Holy Family immigrates back to, to, to their homeland, more fear awaits them. An angel has to warn them to leave and to go to Galilee, to Nazareth. So they settle in Nazareth where Jesus was reared by Joseph and Mary. Then fast forward to the end of Jesus' life. There awaits a cross. Jesus suffered. He died. He was buried. But then he rose again. The guarantee of the not yet glory promised to you was sealed by an empty tomb. The promise was sealed by an empty tomb. Then we fast forward to the early church. Go to the book of Acts. What a bloody and terrible history we have as Christians. Believers slaughtered for their faith in Jesus. Fast forward to today. Nothing has changed since the book of Acts. Christians are still being persecuted and murdered today. But we fast forward yet again to another day. A day that has been promised in which all things, all things will be made new. John saw it. He saw it while he was in exile on the island of Patmos. He saw the day that is coming, the day in which we hope. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more, and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. This is what's yet to come. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And remember that one whom the dragon came for. He was seated on the throne. And he said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, 
the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son. For those who only live in the reality of now, there's no promise, there's no promise like the promise given to us in Revelation chapter 21. There's no promise of the troubles of this life, the sorrow of this life, the pain of this life giving way to the, to the not yet promise. We live in the now. And today it, it may be painful for you and may be difficult for you. Trust in the Lord. Look to the not yet. Know that through the difficulty today you have everything you need in Christ. And may your joy and your peace be grounded in that which Christ promises to us in the not yet. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for those whom you have assembled here today, gathered here today. And I pray that you would give to this congregation the peace that surpasses understanding the joy that is unspeakable and full of glory, not grounded in the reality of what this world offers today, but grounded in the reality of what you have promised to us, what you have given to us in Jesus, and grounded in the reality of what is yet to be fulfilled. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. And all of God's children say, amen. amen.